0: Hey, welcome to the Me Show Mission, two men, one podcast. Every black film ever made. My name is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble. And as always, I'm joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are staying in the year of 1972. Yes, sir. Last week, we were running around with the lady who sang the blues. This week, we are holding hands with Black Girl. Directed by Asi Davis from a play written by J.E. Franklin and starring Peggy Pettit, Brock Peters, Claudia McNeil, as well as a very special um, cameo by Leslie Uggams. This also features the premiere of or debut rather of Gloria Edwards, as well as Loretta Green. In this family drama from 1972, Vince's selection for this week on the Show Mission. Yes. But before we get into that, ladies and gentlemen, I think that it is only prudent that we go back and check out all of the feedback that we got from each and every one of you on our Facebook fan page and on Twitter and on in. And in an Instagram, all over the place. I didn't know what you were going to say. I didn't know where like, I was Do we going? have a MySpace presence? <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't have a MySpace presence. But we do have a presence on SoundCloud. Yes. And, uh, and we, we have people that only listen to us on SoundCloud. And we thank you for that. And in listening to us on SoundCloud, these people. Regularly leave their comments on SoundCloud. On SoundCloud. On SoundCloud. Which I didn't we know don't you always leave get a get Comment on SoundCloud. Not only can you leave a, uh, a comment on SoundCloud, but you can leave the comment <laughs> in time with where you are what I'm listening to the show. That's what I'm talking about. So. <laughs> With absolutely zero context, zero context. I will give you the, all right the running commentary. Oh, well, this sounds fun. That seemed to go <laughs> with our last episode of Lady Sings Lady the Sings Blues. Blues. All right, what we got? Well, it's funny you asked Vince. Uh, we have. Hmm, I'm going to try and take these as much in uh, in chronological order <laughs> as possible. At the four minute and one second mark. Four minutes, one second mark. George Carmona said, shame, shame, shame. Shame, shame, shame. That At, could be about many things. It could be about a <laughs> great many things. At six minutes and 17 seconds. Six minutes, 17 seconds. George 17. Uh, retorts, the problem is that it's Eddie. We look at him as a funny guy, not a musician. So that takes away from the song. But Rick in there, at, put Rick in there as the lead singer, and it's part of his greatest hits. Yeah, Party all the
1: time, fine song. I noticed you didn't drop in How Could It Be. You know,
0: <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't find a good copy of How Could It Be. The vid- did you watch the video? The video is an epic saga. Yes, I did. I did. Eddie was. Uh, Eddie's been long wanting to flex so, his baby, drama.
1: Who gets the house?
0: At seven minutes and thirty-nine seconds, George Kimona says, "Get out of my head, Vince." Oh, okay. Then at eleven minutes and nine seconds, <laughs> he says, "Broke your heart like Fredo." Mm. Mm. At fourteen minutes and four seconds, MC Pickett Fitz says. And Regina King. <laughs> hey man. I think and Regina King works at the end of a lot of sentences. very true. very true. uh let's see. now we go to twenty minutes and ten seconds in when George Carmona says when Don was doing House of Lies, they did an improv special and he was very funny. I can see that talking about Don Cheeto. yeah, Don Cheeto absolutely thirty one minutes. And 31 seconds, MC Picket Fence says, Altered Carbon is dope. Okay. All right. All right. On my list. It's officially on the list. And let's see. At 38 seconds, 38 minutes, and 43 seconds, George Kimona says, Is that Adolf Caesar doing the voiceover? It is. Of the trailer of Lady Sings the Blues? It is. It is, in fact. That is Adolf Caesar. And then... At one hour, 23 minutes and 24 seconds, George Camona says, cue Rick James cold-blooded. <laughs> Which
1: can be cued many times in life. Yes, it can. You live your
0: life right. If, if you live your life right, it can be cued, cued many times. All right. Thank you, fellas. Yes, we do thank you, each and every one of you. Um, who follows us on SoundCloud because you know that that's a good place. It's cool yeah, that people yeah, yeah. you know, follow us. Yeah, there. I know. I
1: know we have a fair number of listeners on SoundCloud.
0: Yes, we do, and, and we certainly thank you. We thank each and every one of you. Okay, uh, let's see. We also have, let's see here, because we've got we've got we got an email. Okay, from Sherry D. Hey, what's up, Sherry? Hi, Vince. Hi, Len. I just wanted to check in about an Eddie Murphy movie that I think is underrated. Okay. Showtime. Showtime. Did you ever see it? It's Eddie with Robert De Niro and William Shatner. Interesting. I saw it so long ago, but I thought it had some funny moments. Eddie and Bobby, she calls him Bobby. Right. Right. Maybe they she play knows. cops. They play on. They play cops on a cops like reality show. Eddie's gung ho about being on TV while Robert. Dreads it. Consultant William Shatner trains them on what TV cops like TJ Hooker should do, like jumping over a car hood while chasing felons. At one point, Shatner turns to Rene Russo and says of De Niro's TV reluctant character, this guy's the worst actor I ever saw. (laughs) Come on. William Shatner giving Robert De Niro acting tips? Good stuff. Eddie and De Niro are good, and Shatner does Shatner so well. Kadeem Hardison, Most Deaf, Frankie Faison uh, also appear in it. Unfortunately, it huh. didn't do well at the box office. Your friend, Sherry D. Interesting. Have you seen that? No. I don't know. And, I mean, I remember when it came out,
1: but it was during that period I was skipping Eddie Murphy movies. I see Tom Day, the director, also directed uh, Shanghai Noon, which I enjoyed. And I'm trying to... Pull up the writers real quick. Jorge Sarah Lijegu. Oh, I just messed his name all up. Just a little bit. (laughs) He didn't write anything that jumps out. It looks like it was two writers. Let's see the other uh, Keith Sharon. Let's see if Keith Sharon wrote. Keith Sharon also did not write anything that I'm familiar with. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I think the the production crew is not super impressive, but I am intrigued by Eddie Murphy and Robert De Niro together. Well,
0: then you should check out Showtime. Yeah, I think we are. Yeah. Okay, thank you, Sherry. I won't be checking it out anytime I mean, soon. Well,
1: you may be checking out if it's my turn and I'll pick it.
0: <laughs> Point. So, you know, maybe you, maybe you will be checking it out. Oh, trust me. If... When your turn comes and you choose showtime, uh-huh, I will dutifully watch Showtime. <laughs> but I've got one in the chamber. Oh for no. Just such <laughs>
1: an occurrence. Oh no. <laughs> this so, is how the Cold War started. <laughs> so
0: Mutually Assured Destruction. So I say that to say pick it at your own risk. Okay. Uh, in regards to Lady Sings the Blues, we had people that left us comments. Robert Monroe said the best thing about Lady Sings the Blues was he- hearing Adolph Caesar in the trailer. Diana Ross. <laughs> wow. Uh, tough crowd. Diana Ross was horribly miscast. Yes. And was only in the movie because she was Gordy's main squeeze for a while and the mother of his child. Well, as we've learned, that in fact is not the reason I was why about was to say, yeah, if Gordy had had his his dithers, yeah, she wouldn't have been, been she wouldn't have been in the whiz either like yeah.
1: I, I, like I think she'd still be singing. yeah. well, I think he wanted her to be in mahogany, okay. Yeah, yeah, but but it really is sort of the urban legend that that Gordy kind of paved the way for her. but, you know, as we said, he didn't want her to
0: be in it. Joanne Blaylock, hey, what's up, Joanne? I've always thought this movie was awful okay Dinah Ross was just bad capital B in this but I always thought that it was because it was the 70s and I don't like many movies made in that decade but rewatching oh as an as an adult it's just uh, Billy D is beautiful though yes he is and she says that I've been saying for years that someone should remake this film
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Uh Clement Lewis Jr. Hey Clement says I love Nona Gay too. Oh my lord. <laughs> good episode. Keep up the good work. Oof. And Andrew Noel, uh Myrie says Hey what's up Andrew? Wow, those shots at Leticia. <laughs> hey man, look. I told you. I told you you're going to feel you're going to hear from some people. Look. Look. Look, go, y'all go ahead,
1: order your shrimp scampi from Olive Garden, get you a <laughs> bottle of Moscato, sit in your house and listen to Lettucey.
0: I don't, I don't, the, the disrespect, you talk to me about disrespect. I'm just saying. What are you saying? Look, man, sometimes you like
1: the cheese out the bottle, the cheese bottle. I think we all, in you know, look.
0: Wow, Vince. Mm. Mm. Hurt me to the core, my brother. You hurt me. You hurt me. Uh, let's see what else. We- it's like it's it's like the whole, You know how to sleep? How they have
1: the sliced cheese, and it's like they call it cheese food. Mm. She's like
0: music food. She's <laughs> <It's> music food. <laughs> I mean, sure, fine. Uh, Christopher, good night. Hey, what's up, Christopher? He also says that he just got out of what men want. It wasn't oh. his choice. Can't wait to hear Len's <laughs> thoughts on it. I'm sure Vince won't bother with uh, it till they eventually do it for the podcast. Uh, it was funny at least. I
1: am trying to work with Taraji P. Henson in her choices. But boy, she's like three, four deep that they're just terrible. Yeah. Right? You know, like I and and I, I, like I love you, Taraji.
0: God knows I do, but Whew, you, you're not making it easy to love you I know see and here's the thing because I did see what men want it's horrible it's terrible it's yeah, a, its yeah. terrible there are some people that are and the stench actually comes off of the commercials yes yeah and you can see that she is trying real hard yeah in this movie um, and it's just not coming together yeah and just like proud Mary yeah she's a producer on this Which I I appreciate that. I can appreciate that. I appreciate that. But here's the thing. Here's the other thing. You really have to question her choices. Yeah. Because there's no way on her... Because not only is the movie bad, the jokes in the movie are extremely dated. Right. I mean... There's a joke. They go to see like this um, this fortune teller played okay. by Erica Badu in the movie, which I thought that was great casting. Great casting. Mm-hmm. But the joke about them going to see the fortune teller is like, oh my god, I can't wait for Dion Warwick to come walking around oh, the corner. No, like no, really? Like how no. old is that joke, dude? Oh, that's terrible. You know what I mean? Like you said, you want to you want to support her for producing this movie? Yes. But there's no way that she doesn't read this script and say, okay, here's what we're going to do. Right. I'm going to put my money behind this and produce this. Right. But what we're going to do, just like we got these three basically like, you know, so-so sisters playing my girlfriends in this movie. Right pluck the best one of them and she plays the lead put her in the lead and i'm not gonna be in this and then we just we release this straight to netflix in netflix that way we don't have to care about how much money it makes right, right. it's just out there let them pay us for that right it's such a waste of her talent in this movie and the thing is you can literally see her window of opportunity closing yeah where, you know, she has that brass, you know, the golden ticket, yeah, and can like, you know, name her quote on movies and 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 really be selective about the films about that saying, she people does. People are sending
1: her scripts first.
0: Exactly, yeah. man. You you really got to be choosy about this. I'm
1: very, very much looking forward to.
0: Oh no, that's not her and little. No, that's not her. That's Regina Hall. That's Regina Hall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who, Which, as she's gotten a little older, is being a little bit more strategic about the movie she's doing. She, she, she's she she's doing been, little,
1: and and God knows I love God knows I love me some Regina Hall. She's doing but little. That should have been Taraji's role.
0: She's she's got um she's got the Showtime series with yeah. There's Black no Monday. way
1: they didn't send that to Taraji P Henson first. I think Little's going to be big.
0: I think it's going to be a, a, a nice size hit. I don't think it's going to be
1: big, I, but I think it's going to make his money. I think Little is going to be the surprise hit of of whenever it is, you know, think? of the fall or the spring or whenever it comes. I think Little is going to be the surprise hit.
0: I mean, I'm rooting for it. I, I am rooting I, for I, it because I'm an fun- Issa Ray fan.
1: I think the fundamentals, I, th- I think the, the fundamentals of the support for it. Mm-hmm. I think Little. I think Little is going to be this year's girls' trip.
0: It could, but to your point about this going to Taraji first, you got to remember, I think this film was, um, part of the camp behind this film is Marseille Martin, the little girl.
1: Oh, no, no, I know that, but you know, I'm certainly she had to get somebody to play that character.
0: She may have went to Regina Hall she first. She may have went
1: to Regina Hall first, well, there you go. But I think Little is going to be the girl strip of this year.
0: And to be fair, I mean, just thinking this forward, thinking this through, I can see them going to Regina Hall first. Mm-hmm. For budgetary reasons. Oh, then there is that because Regina Hall yeah. is not going to cost as much as Taraji. Right, right. Even even if
1: Taraji cuts her quote, and, in. and and you know, and it hurts my heart to pit those two against each other because I love both of them. Like I wish there was another role in there for Taraji P Henson. Oh yeah, but um, I agree, I agree. I don't I don't understand the choices she's in that this movie that's coming out where she plays the woman who befriends the Klansmen, like i don't like it seems like a spoof of a movie mm-hmm. almost like it doesn't even seem like a real movie so
0: it's a shame it's it's it's, uh, it's a shame what you doing there girl yeah what you doing what you, what are you doing yeah uh i put a post out there because i knew we were going to be doing this movie black girl yes and I asked a question to the Michelle missionaries: What black film would you recommend for a black girl aged ten to fifteen as her introduction into black movies? Okay. And um, Deborah Battle, hey Deborah, says, "I wish that we did, or that we did TV movies because she would love to see us talk about the movie Roll Thunder, Hear Me Cry." Which was based on a, a book. I say based on the book. It would be a perfect for young women and men. I, I'm not familiar with the movie or the book. Are you familiar with the book? It is an old YA book. Um. Oh,
1: God. What is it? Like, if I sit here long enough, I can think. Because the writer... Is, is that Walter Dean
0: Myers? Or uh, No, it actually is written by Mildred Taylor. Mildred Taylor. A sequel to her 1975 to novella, say, Song of the Trees. Yes. It's a book about racism in America during the Great Depression.
1: I was about to say it's old timey.
0: Hmm. Hmm. And it's followed by two sequels. Let the Circle Be Unbroken And The Road to Memphis. And a prequel to the Logan Family Saga. The novel explores life in southern Mississippi in a climate of racism. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. I'm not familiar with that. uh, that, And they did a TV movie, uh, apparently, um, that also starred Claudia McNeil. Claudia McNeil. Our star from uh, Black Girl. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And a very young Morgan Friedman. A very young Morgan Friedman. What year was it made? 1792? No, well, 1977.
1: So he was only 300 years old? Yes.
0: Well, no, he was 299. Oh, I'm sorry. There I go exaggerating. 19, yeah, exaggerating. You always want to, you know, age your brother. <laughs> always age your brother. So, uh, no, we're not, we, uh, we're not familiar with that. It's funny she mentions about us doing TV
1: uh,
0: movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember early on mm-hmm. in the in the mission, I was this close to picking the autobiography of Miss Jane Pittman.
1: Yes, and then we figured <laughs> out it was yeah, <laughs> it was a TV yeah. movie. Yeah, like. it's 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 interesting. There are so many TV movies, especially from that period, mm-hmm. that you forget were TV movies, right? Because a a lot of, of the black films you would just see on television. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, B, the production value was so high yes. on some of these TV early movies, television yes. movies that, that you know, it seemed like they could have been in
0: the movies. Yeah, it could have seemed like a lower, just a lower budget movie. Right, You know right, what I mean? So. Yeah. Uh, George Kimona asked a question. Hey, what's up, George? Is any given Sunday, the football films starring yes. Jamie Foxx, LL Cool J, and Al Pacino. yeah. A black movie. I'm Before you to... answer, Michael, okay. Michael Jewett said... Hey, Michael. I would say no. Neither the director or lead actor, not to mention the screenwriter, are black. Certainly worthy of discussion in terms of depicting African-American athletes, though. That's my sure. take. Uh, J- uh, uh, Jamal Nuh says, no, sir. Not even close. Definitely has aspects of black culture, though. Right. Brandon Payton... Hey, Brandon. Says... I'd almost say yes. Okay. But the narrative was driven by Pacino's character. It's right. so close, though. Jamie's arc is certainly a black movie arc, but the actual film ends with Pacino at the podium and not Beeman. Right. What would you say? I would
1: say no. I would say no as well. And, and you, you know, not even because of the director and the actor part, but I think while Jamie Foxx's character is informed by his blackness, mm-hmm. it could have been played by a white actor. Yeah. Like, it really was more of a, a new generation versus old generation story. Like, I think Friday Night Lights, the, the film, mm-hmm. is more racialized than any given Sunday.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can see that from the, from the few episodes I saw. That, oh, no, I well. mean the movie that, oh, the, the, that movie. the television show was based on. Oh, you know, I never saw the movie. Oh, the movie's fantastic.
1: I never saw the movie. Oh, the movie is fantastic. Really? Oh, yeah. And you said you only watched a couple of episodes of Friday Night Lights, the show? Yeah. Oh, my God. The show was so good.
0: No, I did enjoy it. It it, it came out at Clear a time eyes, when I... full heart, can't lose. It came out at a time when I worked on that night. Yeah, it did come on a weird night. So I just never... And I, that
1: was like... Was DVR technology there? It probably was, but it, but it was... Very new, mm-hmm. so I. Oh yeah, I love Friday Night Lights. Whatever uh, comes on Netflix or Amazon. Which why isn't it on Netflix or Amazon? Like now, as I'm saying this out loud, why isn't Friday Night
0: Lights more readily available? To be f- to be uh, fair, it may not be on either of them, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's on Hulu. Maybe it's on Hulu. Okay. Uh,
1: the last year, Michael B. Jordan.
0: Yes, I remember. Yeah. yeah, Michael B. Jordan is like, on, like, the last season. Uh, Dan Dinkins. Hey, what's up, Dan? So while y'all are, are at it with this fa- with these Fast and Furious adaptations, yes, why don't we get Fast Back to Africa, directed and edited <laughs> yes. by Nollywood filmmakers yes. with Hobbs and Shaw? You know, <laughs> if you think the re- franchise is ridiculous already, let them have at it. Right. Did you watch the, the video? With yeah. the Nollywood special effects? Uh, ten hilarious special effects yeah. scenes in African movies. Uh, no, I didn't. It's pretty... Fu- like Okay, so first of all, it's pretty hilarious. Okay, so what this is, is actually African movies. Right, 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 right. Yeah,
1: mostly from Nigeria. Right. Yeah, and then they, you know, have very limited budgets. Oh, my God. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Once you get past the ha-ha, look at these funny foreigners with their no money... Mm-hmm. Much like the Bollywood special effects and mm-hmm. the films, there is a real sense of wonder in these films. And I will say this, while it's funny, in 2019, I suspect, much like we're beginning to talk about Chinese cinema mm-hmm. and, and Bollywood cinema like this, mm-hmm. I suspect that in less than 10 years, as the technology becomes more, sort of democratized and people have more access to it. It's going to be some really exciting genre material coming out of, coming out of Nigeria and, and, and not, you know, I don't know if Nollywood is, is all of the African film industry, but certainly uh, Nollywood films. And, and, you know, again, we're right at that point where the ha ha jokey jokey stuff about Bollywood stuff if you're not paying attention to the stuff coming out of India, you're really missing out. Yeah. So, you know, it's a funny video, but put a pin in it. And let's talk in 10 years.
0: Okay. All right, you heard you heard it right there ladies and gentlemen from Vince's voice to Hollywood's ears. You heard it right there. Um there's one last thing I want to talk about real quick. Okay. Uh in 2016 Kwanzaa Osai Yefo, Tim Smith, Jamal Igle, Carrie Randolph, and editor Sarah Litt took Kickstarter by storm with Black, yes. a comic series that imagined a modern America where only Black people could develop superpowers. Now comes White, yeah. a sequel series. And Osai has provided uh, an essay on why its themes are still important three years later. Um, this is what happens to the white population in rise of this world where only the blacks happen. yeah, oh yeah, and superpowers. Um, and that's the sequel that they're they're going to be putting out. They've actually got a Kickstarter campaign. Going for it, and there was another series after Black, you know, Black AF. Well, they had they had like the yeah. little little mini series they did, yeah. Black AF. Um, that had like three little short series, right, right. But this White is the more direct sequel to Black to Black, and like I said, they had the Kickstarter uh, campaign that is already, I think, it's already funded. It's interesting, they needed
1: a Kickstarter. I didn't think they would need a Kickstarter.
0: Well, I mean, here's the thing. Here's here's the here's the dirty secret about the comics industry, especially in regards to black comics. Okay. For the most part, the black comics don't get a lot of support. Still
1: don't sell. They get a lot of pub, but when it comes to money in the pocket... People don't go there. Yeah. They don't
0: grab it. And I don't know what that is. I don't know whether or not that is... People have just been trained to... Primarily go to straight to Marvel DC and sure. select
1: few others. I, I think that's absolutely because you know I think that not to cut you off, but I think independent comics, mm-hmm. you know the white ones as well. It is it is shocking when you look at the the numbers mm-hmm. that are sold. So
0: um, oh, and there was one comment I I, All right. I I have to share. All right, this is from Lance Hansen. Hey, what's up, Lance? Who wrote and said, and I quote. Man, I love this show.
1: Aw, thank you, Lance, and we love you. Thank
0: you. All right. Okay, that's it. All right. Let's get into our review.
1: Black girl, something, something in the 70s. It's a real po-face theme song. Like, it's real serious. hmm Because it's 72
0: We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages.
1: From my dear.
0: I am not gonna stand for this mess. Run from your sisters. I hope that something is coming through real clear to you. If you didn't get your kicks out of that, what was in it for you? Keep running till you find out what kind of black girl you really are. Ooh, you better watch us this. Come on, come on. Hey Norma. What you waiting on, tramp? Get in gear. Before the butcher starts carving some baloney. She ain't getting my room. I'll burn it
1: down before I
0: see her in it. Can you bring me any money?
1: Now, Rosie, why can't you be nice?
0: Daddy. Y'all, I see a one with two O's behind it. Mm. (laughs) Now, give him room to breathe. Come on, Billy Jean, get your money. No, that's all right, Earl. I don't want no money. Oh, yeah, Daddy. She do that belly dancing stuff. You know, where you kick your legs all out and you have your arms flopping around like chicken wings. You know, like the white folks do. Go, Mama, show me your motion. God knows I ain't crazy about her wanting to be no dancer either, but that's her life. Now, if she don't make nothing out of it, it will be her nothing. Black girl, you'll have to cut it, or cut out. Black girl is an American family drama directed by Ossie Davis play based on a play written by J.E. Franklin. The film explores issues and experiences of black womanhood in the 1970s, including how black women were depicted and common stereotypes of the period. According to Melvin Donaldson and black directors in, in Hollywood, Black Girl is a film that explores the intricate and sometimes painful connections between mothers and daughters. Uh, It's a black drama about a young woman who defies the low expectations thrust upon her by her mother and her sisters and pursues her dream of becoming a dancer. The film stars Brock Peters, Claudia McNeil, Leslie Uggams, Louise Stubbs, Peggy Pettit, Gloria Edwards, Loretta Green, Ruby D, as well as Kent Martin in Black Girl from 1972. Vince's selection for this stop on the Me Show Mission. Vince, what say you of Black Girl? Black Girl is one of those neat little
1: movies that you get during the 70s. You, you know, it's a running joke about how much I love this decade, but. Black Girl is a perfect example of why I do because you know it's just such it, it it's you, you get such a variety of films and and you look at this you know as you mentioned it's based on a play by playwright J E Franklin and she has been on record as saying that you know she wanted to have a play that really examined. The specific challenges that black women were going through at this moment in the early 70s. And, you know, having said that, I think it's easy to look at this film as almost a black family dra- uh, drama that's a companion piece or reaction to perhaps the most famous black family drama play, A Raisin in the Sun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it helps that two of the cast members from A Raisin in the Sun, Claudia McNeil and Ruby Dee are in this film. Mm. So you see that. In a lot of ways, it's a very straightforward film. You have these three generations of black women, Claudia McNeil playing Dear, Louis Stubbs playing Mama Rose, and then you have three sisters and one Stepsister or Foster Sister if you will played by Ruby D. Mm-hmm. And this is a film about Not the, Ruby D. She doesn't play a sister. Not Ruby D. I'm sorry. Leslie Uggams, Leslie Uggams who who plays, you know, this foster sister. And it's about their their sort of personal dynamic between each other. Leslie Uggams who plays Netta has has graduated and from high school and gone off to college mm-hmm. and, and you know she aspires to be a teacher and Mama Rose is super proud of her as opposed to the three her three daughters who have not graduated from high school including the youngest Billy Jean who has just quit high school and there's this sibling rivalry and jealousy between the girls and while there are men in the family They are very much on the side. Yeah. You know, Muddeer has a living boyfriend, Herbert, who's around. Brock Peters plays Mama Rose's ex husband, who comes for a scene. And then the two daughters have husbands, but you never see them. No. So it really is this interaction between these women. Right. Which. As we've talked about before, just just by dint of the fact that this is a subject matter that you don't see often enough. I admire this film like like you just have this interaction between these women and frankly, the interaction has nothing to do with men. You know, this is just a very personal, you know, personal relationships between these women. And again, I think it's a very straightforward conflict and, and very straightforward characterization until you think about, or rather, until you start to pay attention. And what I really like about this film are the characters. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think these characters are not easily defined. You have these two sisters, and and you know, Mama Mama Rose's two older daughters, and and she. Talks about how disappointed she is in them, and 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 how they don't mean anything to her. And but when you look at them, both of them are married. Both of them have husbands who apparently they're they housewives. They're very sort of domestic, if you will. They they didn't graduate from high school, true, mm-hmm. but when you kind of look at them. They, they're not that bad. Like, they're just, you, you know, the older the older uh, daughter, Norma, is mean. But, you know, she's married. She's got a kid. She's got a house. She's, you know, she's she's a little inappropriate with the mailman. But, you know, maybe she's just flirty. Netta, played by Leslie Uggams, is this golden child who has gone off to college and she's going to make something of herself. But I think the film very subtly puts forward the fact that maybe Netta is neglecting her biological mother played by Ruby D in two scenes wordless mm-hmm. but because it's Ruby D she has such a presence in both role in both moments when you see her especially there's a second moment in in the church at the end of the film where Ruby D fills the room with her presence Mama Rose, sort of the, the mother, you know I love the fact that she's fully sexualized. Yep. Brock Peters plays her ex-husband mm-hmm. and, and she and Brock Peters clearly are attracted to one another. And Brock Peters very much wants her. And you have to admire her for the fact that Brock Peters cheated on her and she left him. Mm-hmm. and she got married again and that didn't work out as well but she is also this woman who it's hard to nail her down as well you're the bad person or or you're the antagonist you know she's trying to keep Billie Jean from making mistakes but you understand where she's coming from mm-hmm. and then you know my absolute favorite part of this film as I mentioned Claudia McNeil uh, who if you know Claudia McNeil at all is it's for her iconic role as mother in A Raisin in the Sun and you know Raisin in the Sun is the early 60s this is 1972 so it's been a clean decade mm-hmm. since she has played Mama in A Raisin in the Sun so by the time this film is made she is an iconic figure in black theater Mm -hmm. and arguably black film and she plays Madeer and Madeer is not mama from Raising in the Sun Madeer got a living boyfriend and let's be crystal clear Madeer and Herbert are having sex Mm -hmm. because Madeer got a fire and you ain't got you need something to put that fire out right and I love that I love that these complicated, fully sexualized matrons and matriarchs, but they're not mammies, if you will. Mm-hmm. There's a little overacting in it. And, and, you know, it's like that 70s, it's like that early 70s, early acting where where it's, it's that <laughs> you get that cadence where, with a lot of young black actors in the 1970s where, right. where you know, they they very much speak slang and then they know the the language of the streets but they've been to acting school (laughs) and they've taken elocution classes yeah and they and they enunciate very well like particularly uh the older sister norma played by gloria edwards Mm -hmm. as soon as this film was over you know gloria edwards was somewhere off broadway playing in a. um Playing in for colored girls who considered suicide when the rainbow wasn't enough. Like she's very much a young black theater actress from 1972. Do you think so? Oh, I oh I very much do. Okay, okay. Um, you know, Ozzie Davis's direction I don't think is anything really to write home about. Like there there aren't. Oh, you could write a letter about it. Oh, you write a letter about <laughs> it. I will say this: we, we've talked about plays being um, adapted to film, mm-hmm. and and the, the the pros and cons of them. Mm-hmm. And one thing I will say is that there is a sense of claustrophobia in Mama Rose's house. Okay, especially when the sisters are all together, and. I'm going to assume that a lot of that has been taken from the stage setting, and I give Davis credit for maintaining that because there are moments in that house where I want someone to leave it's just, It's just too much. Okay. you know there's a wonderful scene where the four sisters, the three sisters and and um Netta. Played by um. Played why did I just lose uh, Netta's name?
0: Leslie. Uggams. Played
1: by Leslie Uggams. Have this confrontation, and it is like a pressure cooker in there, mm-hmm. and I enjoy that a great deal. So you know, ultimately,
0: I like the movie. I think it's a neat little movie. I think it's a cool movie. Well, no, I think it's a very cool story. Okay. Um, and. It's not hard to imagine that this was a barn burner of a play because it is a story, especially set in 1972, where you've got black exploitation films kind of like percolating to have a film that, you know, depicts so many different generations of black women and each of them coming at womanhood from Different angles uh, juxtapose against you know the the uh, hyper realism of black exploitation. I can see this like really like standing out, Mm -hmm. you know. And I think that that was the plan for when they said, "Oh, oh," you know, took this off of off Broadway and off the stage, and to make it into a movie because it is a story that is." Dying to be told, to have all of these women in this in this film, and all of them who have faults that they wear on their sleeves, and that they are actually having to deal with. Some of them actually having to come to grips with their with their faults in the midst of the movie. I think that that is something that you did not see never mind in Hollywood you, right. you would never see that in Hollywood but even at this time you wouldn't see in a lot of black films you might get one or two women in, in a quote unquote black movie of the, of the time but never a film that basically foregoes any any men you know you've got Herbert you know Madeer's live in boyfriend coming in and out every once in a while and Brock Peters comes in for a, a nice little solid cameo in the movie, and definitely uh, uh, lends his he lends his air to the film and to the story, and fills the role of Earl, the ex-husband, coming coming back, you know, after you know finally making it, he finally hits it big, you know, in the shoe business, and comes around with his flashing monies and 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 fancy cars and clothes. Uh, He definitely, you know, fills that scene, but that's really it in this movie. This movie is all women and there's, there's no prostitute. There's Mm -hmm. no, um, you don't really, you can't put your finger on what, it is that Mama Rose does what her job is. You know, she works for somebody, but you don't know exactly what it is that she does for somebody. You, I mean, you, 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 you're left to assume that she's in some type of servant, right? Well, she works role. at the school. No, I thought she was. No, it she the school? worked at the school. Oh, okay. But they don't say what
1: she does at the school. Okay, like well, if she's right. a secretary, or works in the cafeteria. Right.
0: So either way, you do you don't get a, you don't get a sense of that. So it is everything, which makes sense because. This was a play first, right. And it was a play by J.E. Franklin, who also wrote the screenplay. And I get the sense that the screenplay that J.E. Franklin wrote for this doesn't you know stray away from the play, but so much right Because there's a lot of this that for the most part takes place in the house. Oh, yeah. In One setting. There are aspects of it. There's a part that takes place in another at a church. There's another place that a part that takes place at at a at a, um, a ballpark or a playground. And you could easily see if this was a stage, those just being off to the sides, mm-hmm. real quick asides. Everything is happening in this house. That's where the meat of this happens. Um, and that's not bad. That's not bad if you have a director who can flesh out the play and make it more cinematic. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it, it, as great an actor as he is, mm-hmm. Ossie Davis is not that director. Um, this isn't his directing debut. We already saw him direct *Pearly Victorious. Yes, we did. Back in 1963, almost 10 years before this. So you would... I don't know how many times he's got an opportunity to direct, but... Um, Did, didn't he direct Cotton Come to Harlem? Cotton Comes to Harlem? Is uh, Cotton Come to Harlem before this? Is that 71? Oh, right, right, right. Maybe it's... It may be, it may be just after or before this. I, I can't remember. But uh, either way, he, he doesn't show a deft hand at this. And I have to imagine because of the, the budget of this, and this was definitely independent, more of an independent feature... He wasn't working with like top-notch cinematographer who might, you know, right. lead him. Right. No,
1: Cotton Comes to Harlem
0: was 1970. Okay, so it was
1: two years before
0: this. Yeah, but Cotton Comes to Harlem is a studio film. Yeah. So you know you got to imagine that that cinematographer is you know like hey, all right, let me do this and allowing Ossie to more work with the actors. Right. Um So so. The the direction let lets the story down. That being said, these actors and many of them who's is their first time on screen at least. Right. Peggy Pettit as Belly Jean, Gloria Edwards as Norma, and Loretta Green as Ruth Ann. The young girls, they're a little over the top. Yeah, they are. They're a little amateurish, especially Billy Jean. Um, but over the course of the film. Their acting, especially Billie Jean and Ruth Ann's, kind of grew on me. Okay, I think over the course of the film, I think they kind of settled into being a little bit more themselves. Okay, um, and I, it, it, you know, don't get me wrong; they're not winning any wars, but it, it, but it grew on me. Yeah, and Norma, who definitely has a more flashier role because she's <laughs> yeah. like, you know just all demonstrative and just right, like, right. and switchblade and everything. <laughs> You're ready to cut people and, and, and dropping the, the, the f bombs. Like, why are you all carrying a knife? Well, it's, it's 72 in the streets, man. <laughs> That's just how it went down. That's how it went down, dog. Um, she's over the top, but she's adding energy to the film, right? And some necessary energy to this movie, mm-hmm. uh, because um, so I, I didn't mind her, Leslie Uggam's you know she's solid. She's not doing any heavy lifting in this, but she's 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 solid. Um, Ruby D doesn't say a word in this film. You said she fills up the room. Eh, I think Ruby D was doing Nancy Davis a, a a favor and mm-hmm. oh, oh she oh, she's definitely a doing him a solid. Um, I don't think she she doesn't. I think she was like, I'll do it, but I'm not saying any lines. I don't think she's really doing anything. Here to be honest, with all due respect, because mm-hmm. I love Ruby D, but eh, she's just being Ruby D. Um, Claudia McNeil, great actress, renowned actress, not given much to do until the end of the film, and then when she does it, she lends her gravitas to the film. Right. Louise Stubbs is the star of this film. Yeah. In the role of Mama Rosie. Yeah. She's the star of this film. A little over the top as well, but this is this is the role where you feel it all come together because all of her faults are on her sleeve, and it really this story, this movie is about her story. Right, it's about this woman who, as you learn in this movie, was born to Madir. Right, but then Madir. Left her with her sister. Yeah. So her sister really raises her. Yeah.
1: Madeira and, was wild.
0: Yeah, because Madeira was out in these streets. That's right. You know. Um. And so she leaves Rosie with her sister, and her sister never lets the, the young girl forget about that. Right. So much so that she then passes on that resentment because of her relationship with her her broken relationship with her mother. She unknowingly to her passes that that kind of resentment and on to her older daughters yeah. norma and ruthann yeah and then that resentment you can you sense that over time grew into just a um a a a a a, a, a malaise as she watched them going the same route that she went through. You talk about how the kids are not so bad. Those two girls, they settled. Mm. They settled. Because when you you really look at them, uh, Norma, we're not shown to have any kids. But... No, I thought one of those kids was no, no, she has the daughter. Yeah, yeah. She has the daughter. So she's got a daughter. Her daughter looks like she's maybe a good somewhere between five and eight years old. Right. Norma doesn't look like she's any more than 20-something. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So which means that, you know, in the vernacular of the film, she was lifted lift to her skirt. A while ago, right? I assume both of them got pregnant in high school, but that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So that's where they are a big letdown, right. For Ruthie, you know, right? Because you're saying they're not they're, they're not that bad. No, they are. Well, because I, they because they uh, allowed themselves to get into that position. I think within the
1: context of a
0: 1972,
1: mm-hmm. b hell it's not even B. I I i think, i think i think it was not uncommon for people and i don't know how uncommon it is now frank well maybe this part is uncommon where you know people get pregnant in high school and the high school sweethearts end up marrying
0: it's not uncommon but it doesn't mean that that's which, what a good Mama thing. Rose wanted wanted for them, right? Especially considering that that was the route that that she that took. That she took, right? Okay, you know? that's fair. So, so they are a huge disappointment for her, and I can see why they are a disappointment for her because. You've got these two these two young ladies who have no education. Right. They have no light. They 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 have dead eyes. They have zero outlooks for their life. You talk about how they are they Appeared to be married, yet they spend their entire time at their mom's house. Right. You, if you, if they didn't say they were married, you swore they lived
1: there. Right. Well, I thought you think you, they live there until you know that part where they tell until they tell Billy you. Jean you can come and live with us.
0: Right. Yeah. But so, so that's because they have absolutely nothing going on in their life. Nothing. Okay. And that's what Ruthie doesn't want want for them, and she also doesn't want that for. For Billie Jean, however, she uh, Rosie has been so beaten down by her circumstance. You know what? What her kids fell into, her husband leaving her. Right after he cheats on her. After well, well, she leaving her husband I after he to say, cheats on her. She left him. Yeah. Um, and and has basically settled into the rut that is her life. Yeah. Looks for some type of. You know, some something to just to cling on to, and finds it by taking in these stray girls uh, in the neighborhood. uh, Cut to Netta, Leslie Uggams' character, that when she does eventually have Billy Jean, she can't even give her any type of love, right? Because she's because she just. It's ready for her to f- fall lock in step with with her other other daughters, and is totally oblivious to the fact that Billie Jean does want something more. Yeah. Maybe it's something very aspirational in nineteen in in any year. To, right, right. You to say you want to be a dancer, right? Um, and if you ever saw her dance, it certainly seems very aspirational because <laughs> she's not hey. a dancing. Hey.
1: I just figured you just had to take it and apparently, she's good at this.
0: Apparently, she's it, better than everyone else. Right. Well, you know, the man
1: at the barn grill where she danced at the very beginning, act like he had seen the
0: face of God. Yes. <laughs> yes, you would have sworn the Alan, Hale, Alan Haley dancers I was like, stepped up onto the stage. I was like, wow, he really is enjoying her
1: dancing. Yeah, yeah he
0: really needs to get out. Yeah. Um, but um, but so she she can't even see that Billie jean is reaching for something she, right. she she's reaching for something yeah the, and 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 Billie jean doesn't even know she's looking for direction yeah oh yeah that's what she's looking for that's why she's she quit school um for a stupid reason because somebody made fun of a teacher made fun of her I mean, you, know, you know she's it, a kid it, it it's but <sighs> depicting those women's story those stories in this film what's extremely revelatory at this time. Yeah. And that's why and that's why it's such a shame that the movie because of its direction mm. can't get that across. I don't think the acting is I don't think the acting is the problem. I think the direction is the problem. I think that it's a The screenplay is definitely still written as a play.
1: Absolutely.
0: But that's where a stronger director either switches some of that stuff up or leans into that much in the way that which is why you would think that Ozzie Davis is maybe the, the right person for this much in the way that he leaned into it in Pearly Victorious. Right. If you remember in Pearly Victorious, there's this great scene in the beginning where you you're you're introduced to the characters and then the scene the scenery actually separates.
1: Right, right, right.
0: And you walk into yeah. You know, the staging of this house.
1: Yeah, which is fantastic. It's
0: fantastic. Yeah. It, it, and it leans on this. This is a play come to life on film. There's absolutely none of that in this movie. And maybe it's because, you know, Pearly Victorious is a little bit more of a, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's more of a a, a grander story. It, and it's a romp. It's a romp. You yeah. know, it's more of a farce and stuff like that, so you can lean into it a little bit more. But I think you could, there were definitely opportunities for that in this film. There are some there are some scenes that take advantage of it being, film, uh, being on film, because there's some scenes that are shot... Um, dimensionally where the camera stays in one position and people walk to the camera Mm -hmm. and there's people in the forefront, there's people in the middle ground, there's people in the back. That's kind of take advantage of that. But that that is few and far between. Um, And I think ultimately that is the great disappointment of this movie. I enjoyed it. I surprisingly enjoyed enjoyed this movie. but, But... but I just wanted to it enjoy been better. it so much more. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's the shame of it. Yeah, I think something that you
1: just said kind of clicked into place with me. In a lot of ways, this film is a bait and switch.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Where
1: it, it's called Black Girl. And, you know, since Billie Jean is the person you see first, and she's sort of at the center of the main conflict, mm-hmm. you assume this film is about her. Right. But you're right. This is Mama Rose's story. Yes. She's really the fulcrum that everyone orbits around mm-hmm. in this film. And that makes me, regardless of the directions, I think you're absolutely right about the direction. But uh, uh, again, I like these characters so much mm-hmm. that I almost didn't care. About the direction, like, 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 you know, almost, you, you know, fine. Like, I think you're at, like, everything you just said about how lifeless it is, and, and you know, certainly if you read the criticism of this film, and frankly, Ozzie Davis as a director, mm. as you said, he's never been heralded as a director, but I think these characters are so specific, mm-hmm. and and these relationships are so well drawn directly in the script
0: mm-hmm.
1: and through what as viewers we can infer yes that it transcends the direction
0: oh yeah oh yeah i agree especially once leslie uggams becomes a bigger part of the film because right. you see her in the in the beginning off in college right but once she comes home It really starts to percolate. And speaking of that, and I don't know, I'm assuming that this is the
1: decision of J.E. Franklin and maybe the budget. I think it's significant that for her to loom so large over this family, Mm -hmm. Leslie Uggams doesn't show up until the end of the film. Oh, oh, yeah. 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 She's spoken about. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. know, there's a moment where they show a phone call, but I, I think this is a realistic dynamic that you see in families. Oh yeah, yeah. where where you know between these siblings and and uh, again the specificity of of we are full sisters. You are a half sister. Mm-hmm. Here's the foster sister. This is how we all get along. There are hints that perhaps there's some tension between um, Ruth Ann and Norma.
0: Like oh, a little bit. They, right. They yes. have their
1: own situations. Mm-hmm. And, the, you, you know, it's like I watched this today. I was watching Ayala Van Zandt yesterday. Yeah. Just talking about generational trauma. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I love the fact that all of these situations have a family ante, antecedent. Yeah. Like, we are like this. Because you were like that. Mm -hmm. And again, to go back to my favorite part of the film, it all goes back to Madeer as this wonderfully flawed
0: character. True, true. Who
1: we think about old black women and we think about these old black women characters and, you know, they're sage and wise and, you know, moral exemplars and, Mm -hmm. and, and, and sexless and... And and dear is none of that. Yeah, she's none of that. I, I mean, you know, by the end, she is the voice of authority. Right. And But and
0: because, you know, she accepts what she did wrong.
1: She accepts what she did wrong, and she accepts what she is, again, doing. Right. This is not a woman who did things in the past. That's true. Of all the women, in fact, someone says it at one point, Mama, everybody in here is married except you. Mm hmm. So if we look at, you know, if we look at it through that old lens that, you know, you judge a woman's value by by her marital status and, and, you know, her sexual sort of um not sexual purity, but but the legalization of her sexuality, if you will, like, you know, mm-hmm. you, like, you know, this is a special hug between a man and a wife. Oh, yeah. Madeer is the one who is, you know, because as far as we know, Billie Jean and um, Netta are virgins, right? According to what they say, the other three women are married.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's Madea who shacked up. Like one of my favorite lines in the room and in the, in the film. At one point, Billy Jean says something about Herbert, and Mama Rose says, "You know Herbert is a rumor, is a room a rumor here." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Billy Jean says, "Well, if he's a rumor, how come he don't have his own room?" <laughs> I said, "Well, all right, Herbert. Herbert, come out popping, popping his overalls. Yes, he does. My dear come out humming about Jesus, <laughs> and they both shacked up in the room. But this is such a great complication. Yeah, you yeah. know, of of this stock character mm-hmm. that you know. Again, yeah, Ozzy Davis's direction isn't that great, but I, look, man, I don't need Ozzy Davis for this."
0: No, you're right. And I, you, like I said, you, you forgive it in the, what would be the, um, the second half of the play. Right, right, right. After Netta shows up. Um, I also thought that his direction maybe. maybe had a little bit of a stronger hand with Brock Peter's scene, especially once, you know, Brock Peter comes home and he starts flashing the dough and everything like that. But once he gets away, yeah, steps away from um, the family and him and Rosa go, go off, which I actually like that dynamic. I because, was
1: about, yeah.
0: Because what I liked about that is that when he comes to the house and he's flashing the dough and, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the rod and everything, and he's the parent, he's the father of Norma and Ruthann. He's not Billy Jean's father, right? But he's their father, and so they're all over him. And you know, he, he um, when and Madeira comes out, gives him a hug. You know, like you're still the man. You know, I still love you. You know, because forever it's her son-in-law. You yeah, know? and you have to imagine that he was in their life for quite some time. Absolutely. And, you know. Um, and when and when uh uh um mama rosie uh rosa comes out and greets him she lo- falls right in line with her little yes. girls you know playful with him joking with him you know um give him a little bit of sass but not too much cuz it's still you know it's your father yeah you know but when they leave cuz she said come on give me a ride to ride to work
1: right after she gives him a real
0: kiss right um but when they leave the playfulness has now turned a little bit she's not mad at him right at anything but there's a there is definitely a distance there because it's only natural right and it's and it's the it's the role that the single mother has played for years mm-hmm. i've got to i've got to deal with you because you're the father of my children, right, so when the children are around, we're gonna be what we're gonna be, right, but when it's me and you, you know don't get it twisted right, and I liked that that was immediately immediately there and but it wasn't any um you know <laughs> acrimony between <laughs> them it was it was it was just. The reality of what this situation was. Yes, you know, you look good. Nice ride. Oh, you've got some money. Oh, you've given me some money. Okay, that's good. Uh, You know, what else should you be doing, brother? You know? Oh, now you want to talk all sweet in my ear? What about them other chicks? Right. Oh, yeah, you're not really with them? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what about them other chicks? Right. You know? Come on, you know it's it's just... me and you, yeah, I understand. But what about those other chicks? Right, well, it's, you know, because you know this is all good, and you're sweet, and you're a good looking dude. And don't don't get it twisted. It's nice to have somebody give me some attention for a little, right, for right, little for bit. this afternoon. I like this, but it ain't sweet, dog. Right. And like, yo, you giving me this thousand dollars, and you now you taking it out of my hand. That's fine. Yeah, I'm a, I'm still gonna walk home. Right. you know uh i like that because it was that was her one true sense a uh, 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 moment of independence there and her own agency there um and that's when you and that's where you're reminded of how strong she is the rest of the way you see her you could maybe read her as slightly neglectful mother right. you know to billy to what's going on with billy jean maybe a a bit of, uh, um, you know, you hate to say it, but maybe a bit of uh, an absent mom at times because you know, who knows what's going through, you know, what what her kids. I mean, she's other working because she, she's working. You know, she's working. She's working. Yeah, um, but right then and there, she was, she was, she was uh, a proud woman. Yeah. Right there. And, and I appreci- like that little scene right there. Yeah. I wish that scene was in Claudine. Interesting. That's what I missed from Claudine. Right. Right. Remember how I didn't. There was something about Claudine that just didn't click with me. Her character. In right. And falling for James Earl Jones that way. This is what I miss because the, Mama Rosa for all her faults still knew the woman that she was. Right. And was not going to settle for for you know last week.
1: Absolutely. That's what she says.
0: Yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah. I, so. So black girl, huh? Yeah, you know, I I'm surprised that I did I did like this movie. Yeah. I I'm not going to lie. I'm surprised that I liked it um because when it starts, when it opens, yeah. I'm like, "Huh, this is going to be rough." It's a neat little curio. Again, it I, is. I, you know, I kind of fell
1: into it maybe about 10 years ago I saw it somewhere and it was like, "Oh,
0: Okay, I think some of these this story and the themes in this movie are so prevalent that I think you could this movie could be done now let's oh. play easily oh be i'
1: done i now. i think i I think this very much is something that could be re- remade now
0: I think there are aspects of these characters now it's just hitting me there are aspects of of these characters in if Beale Street could talk
1: mhm- mhm
0: it 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 literally just hit me right, like that well, and the
1: thing you you know because I think you see versions of this story you, you know the 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 sibling that goes away mm-hmm. you know goes to college, goes to this one and and it usually works one of two ways, either the sibling who goes away has now lost connection to everything, and they're the antagonists, right, or the siblings that have stayed are the antagonists, and they are jealous of that sibling or or you know they're just ignorant about mm-hmm. education this, that and the other and I keep going back to this about these characters. While Norma and 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 her sister Ruth Ann. Ruth Ann on the face of it are the antagonists. I do think that there is something there about the sisters saying that their mother neglected them.
0: Yeah, there is.
1: To concentrate on Netta. Mm-hmm. So that you understand that anger. Yeah. And then on the flip side, I do think there is this weird ambiguity about Netta going so far away to college. And was she going far away to just further her education? Or was this her escaping her mother?
0: Oh, see, so yeah, that's the other thing. I didn't.
1: I got the sense when she brought her mother to church mm-hmm. at the end of the film. Mm hmm. That she had not spent much time with her mother since she moved in with Mama Rose and her family.
0: Okay, yeah, I, I get that sense and, too. And and you and you know, and she sister, was coming to grips to that. She mentions right, that exactly. Right. And she the sister's telling that, yes.
1: Billie Jean that you know you're going to run off, and Netta just wants you to run off like she did. There's never a moment in the film where the film says. No, this is not what Netta did. That's true. That's
0: so, true. again, I like the fact. And, in fact, that Netta says quite the
1: opposite. Exactly. You know, like, my mama needs me now. My mama need, And yeah. I wasn't strong enough before. Right. Right. So that right. when Norma says, why don't you go home to your mother? Why are you calling my mother mama?
0: There's something it's there. It's a real sting. There's something it, yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and and I think that I mean you know frankly I think that's the way life works. Mm -hmm. Like in life, very rarely is somebody the good guy Mm -hmm. and the bad guy. Right. And this is you know one of the best family dynamics I've seen on here. You know on 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 the Michelle mission since
0: you know like Soul Food. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah, so it's a really it's a it's a wow. It's. It's not a good movie, but it's a really good story. Yeah, I, th- I think that's I think that's an
1: apt critique. Yeah, I think that's an apt critique. I don't, you know, again, I don't think Ozzy Davis does anything significant. Mm-hmm. You know, you probably is the reason it got made. Probably. So you know, there's that.
0: So, so then what you can say? His most significant thing is that he that
1: is that he was involved.
0: He's involved, and then he kind of stays out of the way. Right. Right. So. So. All right. So, would you recommend Black Girl? I would. I would, and it's easy to see. It's streaming for free on on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of sad. It is sad, and 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 that's the the other thing. Unfortunately, that the direction is such that I don't think there is much call to kind of clean it up. Yeah, for distribution. Yeah. yeah.
1: You know, and and you know, even watching it this afternoon, I don't see much need to clean it up. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like there's some films you watch. It's like, wow, this could really do with the attention mm-hmm. of some editors or or some, you know, what are what are the what do they call the guys that clean the film? Like some cotton, some Oh, some
0: like it's restoration. The, like some rest- restoration, right? Right.
1: And but but it. No, if
0: anything, if anything, people need to. Uh, like this play needs to be put up again
1: yeah now there you go you need to see this yeah i agree um i I agree i i like you know i like this movie a lot i like this movie a lot i definitely think it's worth watching and you know it's an hour and 37 minutes yeah which i think is worth mentioning
0: which is another good thing yeah you know it's not long it's not long so it's not a long movie so you know so yeah black girl Black Girl, there you go. Like I said, right. it's streaming for free on YouTube. Like yeah. Time, so you can check it out. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, before we tell you what is coming up next week. All right. On the Micho Mission, we invite you to email us any of your feedback to Mission at gmail.com. That's Micho M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X, mission at gmail.com. Like and follow us on Twitter. Instagram and Facebook at Me Show Mission, as well as join the Me Show Mission Facebook group, where we have a lot of fun talking to each and every one of you out there. And I also want to give a heads up, ladies and gentlemen. My my other podcast, The Black Tribbles, we are putting up a festival, a podcast festival, a woman's podcast festival for the ladies. It is called Respect. The Women's Podcast Festival is going to be happening on August 24th and 25th at Amalgam Comics and Coffeehouse here in the city of brotherly love, which is Philadelphia. Uh, it's going to be two days of women-led podcasts as well as live music presentations, vendors, giveaways, and chari- and charitable uh, donations. This is all to support um, some very educated-minded uh, nonprofits here in Philadelphia. You can get more information at womenspodfestival.com. That's Women's Pod That's W O M E N S Pod Festival.com. And this show, The Show Mission, is available as a radio show in an edited form every Saturday at 1 p.m. on WPPM 106.5 FM. Philly Cam, people Power media here in Philadelphia and New Jersey. And you can wake up with me show every Monday morning at 9 a.m. on 91.7 WKDU, the voice of Drexel University. As well as this show is available for your download streaming pleasure as a podcast on meshowmission.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, any place a good podcast be, including the podglomerate podcast network of curated podcasts just for you next week on the Michelle Mission ladies and gentlemen hey guess what it's my turn again yay yay me (laughs) you know this is this is Women's History Month yes it is here on, uh, well, here in America, uh, as well as on the Show Mission. So we were trying to celebrate great women in film. We did Diana Ross as Billie Holiday. Yes. In Lady Sings the Blues. We did. Next week, we will do Angela Bassett. Oh! As what? Tina Turner. Wow. In What's Love Got to Do with It? Wow. Two great tastes that taste great together. Wow. That's
1: <laughs> That's that's quite a film. It's quite a film. That's quite it? a film. Yeah. When's the last time you've seen What's Love Got to Do with it?
0: Uncut? Uncut. Um, It's been a minute. It's been a minute, right? It's probably been at least a it's good five, a six years. Minute. Yeah. How about you? Last week? No, 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 no. <laughs> I haven't watched it in years. I haven't watched it in years. Yeah,
1: yeah. My wife actually doesn't is is uncomfortable with the violence.
0: Oh, really? I can dig it. Yeah, it's rough.
1: It it is rough. I mean, we'll talk about this much more next week. It's
0: rough. You you know, like people talk about um, watching uh, Danny Glover in The Color Purple. Yeah, and it making them feel like you know, ooh, yeah, ooh. (laughs) <laughs> there's a whole lot of people that didn't look like Lawrence Fishburne the right, same way right. like people make the eat the cake anime joke I actually don't
1: really find that that funny
0: it's not yeah. when you it, it, yeah. yeah 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 for those who only cause there's a lot of people cause that's you 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 got some age on right, it right so you just see the meme of yeah. Lawrence Fishburne in the wig yeah and, yeah. So, yeah so there's some people that only know the joke or the right, meme right yeah I implore you watch the scene yeah it's very disturbing yeah. yeah so so i'm looking forward to this yeah there yeah, you go all right all right ladies and gentlemen we've got to get out of here he's vince i'm len parting, we say we'll see you when it's time to meet again